Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie <laughs> and Tash. Sorry, I was just getting used to pressing the buttons, my friends, and I was I didn't know that I wasn't pressing them, but I was. Anyway, <laughs> I was muting myself and then I was getting unmuted. And anyway, welcome. Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie and Beck. You are listening to Faith FM. We're super excited to have you here. And this is my new friend, not new friend, this is my friend who's new to the radio. Her name is Tash. How are you going today, Tash? I'm good, thank you. Hello, everyone! Oh, did I say Robbie and Beck? I thought yeah, I said, said Robbie, Robbie and, and Beck. And oh, I was like, sorry, Robbie oh, and Tash. No, oh. Robbie and Tash. In my head, I thought I said <laughs> Robbie and Tash. I practiced it. I wrote it down so I would say it right, it and I still didn't say it right. That's okay. So, shout out to Beck if you're listening. We miss you in WA. We miss you. But we are super excited that we've got Tash here. Um, how are you today, Tash? I'm doing really well. It's really warm out there, and oh, it's a perfect summer day. So you love the warm, hey? Uh, it depends. It depends. I like the seasons. I'm from Melbourne, and I like the four seasons in one day. Okay, so, so tell yeah. us a little bit more about yourself. Give us. I, w- I want to know just like, this is, oh, and it's it's on like pressures on radio. <laughs> the don't, full life story. You can't have any big pauses because <laughs> nobody wants to hear silence. Okay. So okay, here's quick question. We're just going to yes. do like a real random back and forth. Yeah. All right. Favorite food. Dun, dun, oh, dun. it's this thing called luau. Uh, and then what is that? It's uh, made out of tare leaves, coconut cream, uh, onion. Oh, it sounds so good. It's really good. So what? where is that cuisine from? It is Samoan, but it's also very common in all of Polynesia, which okay. is my background. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So very good. Wh- where's your background specifically in Polynesia from? So I'm Samoan, but I was born in New Zealand. Ah, yes. nicely done. And when? Did, how old yes. were you when you moved to Australia? I moved over when I was six, which is why I still say it that way. Excellent. And, uh, and that's okay. No, that's, that's okay. good. That's good. <laughs> so where in New Zealand were you from? I am from Windy Wellington. Ooh, well, I've flown into there once. It's, it's very windy. It's pretty windy. It's yeah. a very small landing strip. <laughs> and you're thinking, hang on, is this going to make it? Because it's water on both ends of this landing strip. But yeah, it's pretty windy. But if you are from Wellington or you know you've been to New Zealand, I'm actually from Proa. Uh, nice. Which is like I don't know what that means, but it sounds it's, good. Uh, like the Polynesian center of, <laughs> of Wellington. Awesome. Very. <laughs> which cool. is good. Which is good. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we're super stoked to have you. Now, yeah. one more thing. What are you doing with yourself? I just finished my second year at theology at Avondale College, and woohoo! You. And looking forward to yeah my third year. But I've got heaps of things for summer. So summer camps and. Um, Christmas, obviously, and New Year's and all the rest of those things. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you, Tash. Tash, we've been friends for a number of years now, yeah, and um, you've been a real blessing in my life, and you know, God has really blessed you in your ministry, and you've got lots of great thoughts to share, so we're excited to have you on, excited to hear your thoughts as we get into our Bible study, and we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to hear from our good friend, Di, during our Testify segment, and we're going to be jumping right into the next segment of the story around Jesus' birth. Today, we're looking at his dedication in the temple. This is Anna Beden, Breathe. Stop, just be 
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. I got it right that time, didn't I? Yes, you did so it. good. So it has come to an exciting part of the show. I think, personally, I think every part of the show is exciting, mm-hmm. but this is a really fun part. And we have come to that portion of the show where we talk about weird and wonderful things. But before we get into that, I just wanted to put out there to you all today that we love, absolutely adore hearing your questions and we love to engage with you guys. So if you have a spiritual question or a question about the Bible or Jesus or God, Etc. We would absolutely love to hear you. There's no question too big or too small for us to consider. And um, if you'd like to call in for the question of the week, you can do so. 
by calling a number. But I'm going to tell you that number in just one second because the first caller in today is actually going to receive a free copy of a book called Advent by Nathan Brown, and it's subtitled Hearing the Good News in the Story of Jesus' Birth. So I've just received a, a copy of this book today as a gift, and I'm super excited to read it. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like a free copy of that, send in your questions. You can do so by calling 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text us at 491 491- 064-669. That's 491 We'd love to hear from you. All right, Tash, so what weird and wonderful things do you have to tell us today? Okay, so it's not going to start off being weird, but I've always liked to go for a walk um, around sunset time, and I always looked at the sun thinking, hang on, when's it going to get dark? When's it going to get dark? When's it going to get dark? Like, I'm... I'm a single woman, and I don't want to be walking around in the dark. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's you know, fair enough. It's just, you know, You're from Melbourne. It's a yeah, scary place you, at times. It's a scary place. You'll be very mindful when, when you go walking. Um, <laughs> so I always make sure I check like what time the sun sets. But I've always wondered, like, the sun sets at a certain time, but the light is, I mean, the sky is still lit. And so for today, our weird and wonderful fact is, did you know that it takes about... 30 to 35 minutes for the light to actually die. Really? Yeah. So the okay, sun, so if yeah. the sun sets, yeah. I know that I've got approximately 30, uh, a half an hour more half daylight. Hour, yeah. Is that before like proper, proper dark? Or is that just like before? That's just like, yeah. This, the, yeah. So 30, 35 minutes is um, the sun is completely gone. There's still, you know, that's really light good in the to sky. Know. Yeah. So, so you can still keep walking. Yeah, totally. And it actually can go up to, depending on where you are. If you're further out west, if you're, shout out to anyone out west, uh, it's even longer. So it can go up to an whole hour. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. with you now. So it's not, it's not prescriptively not exactly, 30 minutes, yeah. but you've got at least 30 minutes. Yeah. That's really good to know because there are a number yeah. of times where I've been out in the bush, yeah. like rock climbing, abseiling. Whatever, yeah. bushwalking, and, thinking, and I'm, I'm like, oh man, yeah. sun's going down, we're still on the cliff. I've been stuck yeah. up on a cliff in the dark before trying to figure out how to not wow. get stuck. Yeah. And uh, that's good to know. Yeah. All right, we got 30 minutes on the clock. Yeah, on the clock. Let's go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very interesting. Which is very interesting. So and take note of that, everybody. Take note of that. And while you're walking, a lot of people walk with their headphones in, and people are usually listening to their podcast, their Faith FM. Um, Sorry, is that a shameless plug? Yeah, shameless plug away. <laughs> or Tell your, your audio book or your Faith favorite, FM, 87.6 your favorite FM. tunes or whatever yeah. it is. But apparently there's a new trend going that you should go for a walk without your headphones. You know what that's called? What's it called? Walking. And I love it. Oh, it's so wow. good. <laughs> I didn't realize. You should try it, my friends. It's have just, have yeah. you guys noticed? Actually, think about this. Yeah. Lately, I've noticed. So, so I'm 32 years old. I grew yeah. up when, when I was a kid, the Walkman was was like the stock standard. I'm talking cassettes. I had a Walkman too. I'm talking you got pencils and you, you and, and all you kids out there who are listening are thinking this guy yeah. is off the rails crazy. Yeah. You don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But like legit, sticking the pencil in, and rewinding to it. put the tape back into the tape. And uh, yeah. what's what's really interesting that I've noted is back then the headphones were huge. Yeah. And people wore these giant headphones mm-hmm. and they had their Walkman. And then as time progressed, headphones got Smaller, smaller and smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. and, smaller and smaller, and then you got yeah. like, and then you got Bluetooth, and they got they were a bit big, and then they got smaller yeah. and smaller, and now all of a sudden, within the last two years, it's been people getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. Bluetooth headphones, yeah. and I see even old folks, I see yeah. oldies walking around my neighborhood, and they've got these giant headphones, yeah. these Bluetooth. It just blows yeah. my mind. I'm like, man, twenty years ago. Yeah. That's what it they was, had, and yeah. then before that, you know, and, and then in between, it was like get as small as possible. And the same thing's 
true of mobile phones. Have you noticed yeah. that? This is very true. Get big. They've yeah. gone small, small, small. Now they're yeah. gone huge. Now they're starting to go a little bit smaller. Yeah. Again. Does anyone remember the the Nokia fifty one tens? Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. The brick. The brick. Yeah, that was the only phone that ever survived everything. Everything. Yeah, That's you could right. drop it from a like a building and it would still survive. It was, awesome. Oh my That's god. So good. Yeah, and now you can get a phone that's the size of your face. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like you go <laughs> when you go to graduation, somebody holds up an iPad <laughs> and they block everybody else's camera because the thing's so big. It's okay. If that's you, if you're we a still proud love mom you. Mom or proud grandparent, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> we still love you. That's so good. That is Do you have any more fun facts for us today, Tash? Well, uh, while we're walking, and uh, take your headphones out and um, oh, what are, so the new trend. Yeah, the new trend is take your headphones out and actually listen. Like people, I love this is I know, new. This is yeah, the way we were designed, it's like but it's new. Super trendy to listen to the birds and like listen to the the gravel under your your shoes. And, yeah, and it's like oh, a way to reconnect. Isn't that it's funny like, that we have really to cool. like repackage and re-advertise yeah. the very things that we were designed to do <laughs> that are just natural? Like you can't afford <laughs> headphones. This is what you do. Yeah, and this is what's standard. This is yeah. what I've done most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that's super interesting. Yeah, oh, I love that. No, thank you so much, Tash, That's for those okay. super fun facts. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed learning a little bit more about when you've got enough daylight. This is Andrew Peterson. Love is a good thing. You knocked me down and dragged me out and left me there for dead. It took all the freedom I wanted, gave me something else instead. Blew my mind, it bled me dry, it hit me like a long goodbye. Nobody here knows better than I that it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll fall like rain on your parade Laugh at the plans that you tried to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing Love is a good thing you up in the middle of the night it'll take just a little too much it'll burn you like a cinder till you're tender to the touch it'll chase you down and swallow you whole it'll make your blood run hot and cold like a thief in the night it'll steal your soul and that's a good thing love is a good thing it'll follow you down to the ruins of the great divide open the Try to hide There in the rubble of the heart that died You'll find a good thing Cause love is a good thing Oh, love is a good thing Ooh, take cover Ties it bind, and if you're lucky, you'll never make it out alive, and that's a good thing. Love is a good thing. It can hurt like a blast from a hand grenade when all that used to matter is blown away. There in the middle of the mess it made, you'll find a good thing. Yes, it's worth every penny of the price you pay. It's a good thing. Love
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You're listening to Faith FM Radio, and we're super stoked to have our good friend Di Howard with us. How are you doing today, Di? You know, I'm doing pretty well, thanks, Robbie and Tash. How are you? Good. It's good to see you, Di. It's awesome. It's super good to see you. So we're excited to hear a little bit about how God's been faithful to you in your life. And um, just before we get into that, I just wanted to ask just a real brief, kind of give us a little bit of information about yourself. Who are you? What's what's your what's your life like? Okay, don't panic. Don't okay. panic. Just, 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 how far do you want me to go seconds. back? I mean, how old am I to go back so far? Well, nobody can tell because it's all on audio, so they don't know. Oh, okay. They they can't tell by looking at you that you look thirty five. <laughs> Good on you, Robbie. <laughs> well, I'm a Victorian by birth. My dad. Um, was a wheat sheep farmer in Victoria. Mm. Then we moved to Queensland. My husband, I met him there, and he tells me that that's like God's country. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that could be debatable, yeah. but we'll just leave that there because, you know, he's pretty good. He's Queensland, yeah. yeah. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I have four sisters and a brother and had an awesome family. I've got wonderful, wonderful Christian parents. But when I got to... Later in my teen life, I decided that am I going to keep down this path? Yeah. Uh, if I had, if I kept going down this path, I had to own it for myself fully. Uh, yeah. I couldn't just go off my parents because I mean I'm I'm sort of like deciding I'm growing out of them a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I really sort of read the Bible for myself um, and decided that I did want to follow Jesus as my personal Savior. Amen. And so that's the journey that I ha- I have decided for myself. Even though I've come from a beautiful Christian home, yeah. I've really got to own it myself. That's excellent. Yeah. Now, if I understand correctly, your husband has, he used to be a tradie, but then he got into oh, the pastoral ministry. Is that right? You are right. <laughs> I married a builder. And he's pretty good at it, as far as I know. Yeah. The building? Oh, yeah, he, he helped me with my boat. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We did build a boat, you know. That's right. Uh, yes, six nights a week we rolled that little fiberglass. Um, and, yeah, we had been married probably about 20 years when he said he felt the call of God to go into ministry. Yeah. Uh, can't tell you that that was a good idea for me on my side. Yeah. Um, just looking at other People and how busy a minister's life can get. Um, yeah, I really, I really sort of just struggle with the idea. Yeah. Um, but then I, I read a devotional book, and in it, and I'll give you a Diane version of what was in the the book. Perfect. Uh, it's and I read the sentence that said, "Whatever circumstances you find yourself in in life, God will give you the ability to be able to handle that." And I have hung on to that statement so many times. And it's a Christmas season, right? Yeah. And, I mean, we're thinking about the birth of Jesus and, you know, the angel said to Mary that you'll call his name Jesus and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm. And every Christmas that promise comes back to me that God will never leave us mm. or forsake us. He's always there, never far away. You know, and so that is probably two things that I've held on in my life. That's have, awesome. Have I have I done the job really well? 
Yeah, you know, you've answered it very maybe. well. There's, there's been some embarrassing moments that it's I've just... caused myself, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just myself. Yeah. I'm just myself, and that's all that God asked me to be. Yeah. Is it is it true, Di, that um, oh, you never wanted to marry a minister? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Is it? Oh. So God had to get you in there by a funny, a funny mechanism. <laughs> oh, look, He has a plan. A, B, yes. C, D, and you know, God has a plan for our life. <laughs> and really, um, if we don't take Plan A, He'll work on Plan B. Yeah. And if we don't sort of go with that one, he has a plan C. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well your yeah. husband's yeah. just come into the studio. Hopefully he didn't hear you call him plan C. But anyway, we'll, uh. we'll move <laughs> Was he, yeah. So in line with that, so yeah. so I imagine it wasn't, from the, from the sounds of things, being a minister's mm. wife was not always the easiest of tasks. Is there a time where you could share with us a, a way that God demonstrated his faithfulness to you in the midst of that difficult, mm. sure. at times difficult path? Okay. When... When we went into ministry, um, yeah. we went in as volunteer ministry. So we weren't on full wages and uh, we were receiving just over $300 a fortnight in the hand. Uh, yeah, I saw you cringe, Tash. Wow, that's, yep, yep, like, yep. A, that's less like than a Bible a, worker. <laughs> that's like a student wage. Eh? A, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, where we were faithful to God, he was faithful to us and I can tell you that I have never eaten porridge for three meals every day like some people have to. Yeah. He has provided variety, has provided good food. You know, we're, we're still together. We still talk to each other. God is faithful. He is good. That's awesome. No, that's super cool. And lastly, I just wanted to ask if, if there's anything that you'd like to share with our listeners before we go to a break. Sure. You know, in the Christmas season, just remember, um, the angel said Jesus would be born. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. I don't know what anybody is going through at the present time, and sometimes the circumstances aren't pleasant, and it's not something that we choose, but God is with us always. That's beautiful. Thank you for that message, Di. We're so stoked to hear that from you. And remember that, guys, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, God is with you. Mm. Amen.
have shown us how And we are trying Master, you have shown us how Even as you were dying This world treats you mean, Lord Treats me mean too But that's how things are done down here We didn't know it was you Save us all to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind, we did not see, we didn't know who you Nothing ever come before 
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You are listening to Faith FM, and it's come that time of our our show today where we're going to do some Bible study. But before we do that, we just wanted to remind you that you can call in and text in with questions that you have about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, etc. We'd love to hear from you. And the first person who calls in today is going to receive a free copy of a new book by Nathan Brown called Advent, Hearing the Good News in the Story of Jesus' Birth. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of that book, text us in your questions or call us and give us some questions. And you can do that by calling us on 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text it to us on 0491-064-669. That's zero four nine one double six four zero sorry zero six four double six nine. Awesome, yeah. doing a great job, Tash. We're so stoked. Woo. All right, so just to give a little bit of context, we're going to be if you've got a Bible and you're following along, we're yeah. going to Luke chapter two and we're going to start with verse twenty one. But for a little bit of context, the last we're in the middle of a series on the advent of Jesus, which means the coming of Jesus. We have the first advent, which is referring to when Jesus came the first time. And we're looking forward to what's called the second advent or the second coming of Jesus. We're waiting for that day still. And uh, in the story, we've talked about so far how there were announcements that came from the angel Gabriel, who only shows up by name four times in the Bible. He announced the birth of John the Baptist. He announced the birth of Jesus. Jesus is born. He's born in a stable. He's laid down into a feed trough. So this is the welcome that the king of the universe gets. But then angels come and declare to shepherds nearby that the Savior is born. We learned that they called him Christ, who is the Savior and the Lord. So he's our Lord and our Savior. He's our leader and our Savior. I love that. And the shepherds responded in in joyous glee, and they went to go find, where is this child? They believed, and they went to see him, and then they began to praise God and to proclaim the news that the Messiah had been born to them in the city of Bethlehem. And they proclaim that around the whole area. So that's where we got up to last time. And it's pretty cool how the response of everybody seems to be they come, they believe. Well, I suppose they believe. Then they come looking for Jesus. And then they proclaim and praise. Not necessarily in that order, Mm -hmm. but that those elements are there with all of these responses. So question, quick question. Yes. What do you think happens next in the story? Like what what are most people going to think? What's the next scene we should be talking about? The Three kings. That's right, right? Everybody's like, all right, the next thing is the wise men. But interestingly enough, interestingly enough, in the story, that doesn't happen until after something else significant happens, and that's the dedication of Jesus at the temple, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading with verse 21. Would you like to read that for us, Tash? Yes, so verse 21 says... Oh, well, actually, let's, oh. let's say a prayer. It's always yeah. good to pray before we study God's Word. Yeah. Father in heaven, we just pray that you'd fill us all with your Spirit, those who are listening and, and thus here in the studio, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts today by your Holy Spirit through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's go for it. Verse 21 says, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right. Keep going. Just tell me when to stop, Ruby. No, <laughs> <laughs> just just read up through twenty four. Okay. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as as it is written in the law of the Lord: every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said 
in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Awesome. Okay, so so looking at this, this is a really strange sounding part of the story. So it says that after how many days was Jesus circumcised? So eight days. Eight days. Okay, now this is really interesting. What do we know about circumcision from a biblical perspective? Any thoughts on that? So circumcision was first asked of Abram. Well, Abram before he became Abraham. That's exactly right. And it was um, a sign of the covenant. Covenant. Okay, so think about this. This is this is actually really incredible to think about. Yeah. When God chooses Abraham, Abraham is told, "I'm gonna." By God, he's told, "I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless those who bless you. I'm gonna curse those who curse you. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed." God, a few chapters later, makes a covenant with Abraham because yeah. he says, "I'm gonna make your your descendants like the sand of the seashore. They're gonna inherit this promised land." There's this beautiful thing going on, and Abraham's like. Well, what's, how am I going to know this? What's going to be the sign? And he says, all right, we're going to enter into a covenant. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that word, a covenant is basically a promise. It's a binding agreement between two parties. Mm-hmm. And in the context of the Middle East at this time, when you were making a covenant, you, you would, they would take animals and they would split them in half. And both parties would walk through between these severed animals. This is a gruesome scene, right? Yeah. But what's being said there, the commitment is that I am swearing my life to you. I am pledging that we are connected. We're like, this agreement that's between us, yeah. if I fail to keep it, do to me what has been done to these animals. Yeah. So this is like, this is legitimate. This is a serious deal. And the sign of the covenant later would become circumcision. Now, it didn't need to be a part of that, by the way, but the interesting thing is it became a part of it because Abraham didn't trust in God to by, by allowing God to give him his descendants through his wife who was barren, and they thought, well, let's figure this out. Yeah. Anyway, he winds up sleeping with the handmaid, which was a cultural custom of the, of the area at the time, but God says, no, yeah. this is going to be the sign that I'm going to give you the son that I've promised through your, your lawfully wedded wife. He says, and the sign is circumcision. So you and all of the males of your household for all your generations are going to be circumcised. That's the sign of the covenant. That was a long-winded explanation. Sorry. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Okay. The point is, yeah. how does this relate to the Christmas story? Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a son of the covenant. He has to be coming and living humanity's end of the bargain, right? So Abraham enters into covenant with God, but Abraham fails. Every single one of Abraham's descendants fails to keep the covenant. So God becomes a human being, and the first thing that we have recorded about him in his life is that he is following the covenant even as an infant. So he's becoming humanity, and he's entering into the covenant, and he's going to do what every human being failed to do, and it starts Mm -hmm. at eight days old. Like, think about that. That's pretty astounding, isn't it? So Jesus is going to keep all of God's laws and customs and commandments. He's going to live a perfect life morally, but also ceremonially. Mm -hmm. He's going to go through the whole ordeal representative of every human being who has failed so that those of us who put our trust in Jesus, we we are covered by him keeping it for us. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I hope that that wasn't too like theological. I hope that made sense to everybody. (laughs) Um, But it's profound. Okay, so, so Jesus is circumcised. He's going to obey all of God's law where we have failed. As yeah. people, and that even includes the Mosaic Law, yeah. which all was pointing forward to Jesus. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's Jesus being circumcised. Then what happens? 
They go to take him to the temple. So, any thoughts on this? What do you what do you what do you think about this? They take him to the temple and they dedicate him. Um, just oh, can I go one one, go, go one step back, one please step do. before that? Please do. Sorry if I'm Russian. Because as well, um, they have to go to the temple because Mary is unclean, mm. and so she has to um, go to the temple and give an offering so that she can be made clean again. Because when when the womb was open, when she gave birth to Jesus. Um, uh, there was blood in there, and so in order for her to be ceremonially clean again, they had to go to the temple. So it was a, f- a few parts. So it was partly for her, so they had to do a, an offering for her, and then they had to do um, an offering for Jesus being born a male, and then they also dedicated him as well. So it's three parts there. Yeah, fully. Yeah. Right, so they've had to travel. Now now think about this. This yeah. is interesting. So where this comes from Leviticus chapter 12. So I've got Leviticus here, and I want to just share with you guys something that it says in here. I won't read the whole thing, but in Leviticus chapter 12, it speaks about exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The custom was there were these, these, these ceremonies that needed to take place of cleansing. Now, what's interesting to note is that that cleansing period, it says, on the eighth day, the flesh of his, the child, the firstborn son, Uh, of his foreskin shall be circumcised. She, the mother, shall then continue in the blood of her purification for 33 days. Okay, so there's a week of uncleanness Mm -hmm. before he can be circumcised, right? Because he's unclean, because he's come out of the body in the blood. So he needs to be cleansed Mm -hmm. before he can be circumcised. Then, after that eight days, you add on 33 days. That's eight plus 33 brings us to 41. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny about this? Like so so this was a cleanliness ritual. She needed to be cleansed. Think about this. Science actually shows that bleeding after birth, after giving birth, that internal bleeding can continue for approximately up to 6 weeks or 40 days. 40 days. So science actually backs up that God gave these cleanliness rituals for a reason. Yeah. And we actually know that scientifically now we're, we've, we're, you know, we're thousands of years later we're backing up that that's there's reason behind this it's yeah. it's there's method to this yeah. it's actually about hygiene so interestingly enough that takes place but then when you come down it goes on and says something fascinating so what did what did they give as the offering it said that they came and gave two so they gave a turtle dove and two young pigeons okay so check this out are you ready for this yeah so one of those was to purify her and the others were to purify the child right so check this out it says when the days of her purification, this is Leviticus 12, verse 6, are fulfilled, whether for a son or a daughter, she'll bring to the priest a lamb of the first year as a burnt offering, so a lamb, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove as a sin offering to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then the priest shall offer it before the Lord, make atonement for her, she shall be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who is born a male or female. Now check this out. Okay, so when they come... Part of the process is an offering to God, and the offering consists of a lamb and a pigeon or turtle dove. So one of each, right? But check this out. So so why in the world did Mary just give two turtle doves? What's the deal? And it says here, if she's not able to bring a lamb, a.k.a. she's too poor to To afford afford a lamb, then she may bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. One is a burnt offering, the other is a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for her and she will be clean. So this is astounding. And I I don't want you to miss this out there. Listen, check this out. Jesus came from a family that was too poor to afford a lamb as a sacrifice. 
All they could afford was two pigeons, two turtle doves, right? That's it. So this is amazing because Jesus is not only relating to us in that he's coming in and doing what we could not and keeping all of God's laws, doing all of the things that we have failed to do, but he also is coming in not born in privilege. He's born and laid in a manger. Talk about poor, right? He's not able to be born in a household at the time, doesn't mention a midwife. We don't know what's going on. But he's also, we know that he's poor because his family could not afford even a little lamb as a sacrifice. They had to go and get two two turtle doves. So Jesus can relate to you. If you are in a position where you are not, you have not been well-to-do, you have not been been privileged by being in a position of, of, of wealth or prestige or power, Jesus can understand because Jesus came from very humble beginnings. Isn't that beautiful? Well, that's beautiful. It's so awesome. Hey. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's keep reading. So that takes place in the first six weeks of Jesus' life. Right, So he's circumcised on the eighth day. 33 days later, they come back. They come to Jerusalem. They come to the temple. They go through this thing, and it says that the days of purification are done, and now they have done all of this. All right. Okay. So this is cool. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah. The story is going to continue. So let's continue reading from verse 25. Okay. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, All right, let's pause there for a moment. So what's happening here? There's this man named Simeon at temple. (laughs) All right, so here's Simeon, and what's going on? Well, Simeon, Simeon has um, has been shown, or I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's in a vision or how he has shown that the that Christ is coming. Yeah, so he's been told, or yeah. Now this is really interesting. I was thinking about this on the car ride over here, and if you think about this, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to look at after the break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the reasons how they could actually have known that it was around this time that Messiah should be born. We're going to look at that because there was prophecy that identified these time periods. Mm -hmm. What I find really fascinating is that Simeon is not mentioned as being a priest. He's not mentioned as being a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a, you know, aka a pastor or a theologian. He's not, he's not one of the guys who's translating the Bible. He is just a random guy that's mentioned who has a personal relationship with God and the Spirit of God speaks to him and he comes into the story here. And we're going to take a break. This is the Downing Family Journey on Believer. The Bible story as it's told said a man named Joseph had a coat It made his brothers green with jealousy They sold him into slavery He pressed on with bravery Till he was next in line to Egypt's king Journey on, believer Keep your eyes upon the Lord The road may not be easy That leads to your reward Promise. 
kept faith when her beloved died. For her devotion and her labor, she acquired Boaz's favor, married him as part of Jesus' line. Journey on, believer, keep your eyes upon the Lord. The road may not be easy, that leads to your reward. When you're lost and weary, hold to His guiding hand. Journey on, believer, reach the promised land. A carpenter from Galilee left his home and family spread the word of God throughout the land. He died upon a rugged cross to save the souls of all the lost. Now he waits for us at God's right hand. Journey on, believer, keep your eyes upon the Lord. The road may not be easy, it leads to your reward. Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. We're super stoked to have you guys with us. And before we get back into our Bible study on the dedication of Jesus at the temple, I just want to do another another plug here for our question of the week portion, which is coming up towards the end of the show, which I love. I love hearing from you guys. And so we'd love to hear from you today with any questions that you have. They could be big or small. They could be practical or theological or devotional, like whatever kind of questions that you've got. We'd love to explore those questions with you. And our first caller in today is going to receive a free copy of a new book by Nathan Brown called Advent. Hearing the Good News in the Story of Jesus' Birth. So if you'd like a copy of that, you can call us in at 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Awesome. Yeah, we got so that. we love it. We love to hear from you. So please call Oh, no. no. I keep talking. Okay, we just keep talking. We've disconnected somehow, and that's okay. Um, but we will resume 
in Luke 2. <laughs> That's okay. We're connected. Is that working? Oh, I can man. hear him. He's that back. Was, that was pretty bad. I ripped the microphone out. Oops. Anyway, so we're going to continue on. So we just read, before we continue reading, we just read that Simeon is not a priest. He's not He's not somebody he's who not works in the temple. Yeah. But notice that he, he in this space, he sa- it says that he had been told by the Holy Spirit as he was waiting for, it says, the consolation of Israel. Yeah. Okay, so what's the consolation of Israel? I don't know, Robbie. So I mean, I have some ideas. But, well, well, yeah. well, he would have believed that this was going to be from the Messiah coming. Yeah. The birth yeah. of the Messiah, the promised one. Okay, so he's waiting to see the Messiah come. Interesting. I wonder why he's waiting for it at this particular time. Yeah. But it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, we read that in the story that John the Baptist receives the Holy Spirit in the womb. The Holy Spirit falls upon uh, Zacharias, his dad, and he prophesies. We've read about that in the story so far, that the Holy Spirit's coming and doing some amazing things and revealing things to people and through people. But it says that the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah in the flesh. Yeah. So it it says, well, I assume that he's kind of old. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like he's been waiting his whole life, waiting for, yeah, this thing to happen. Totally. Now, this is yeah. really interesting. Think about this for a moment. Yeah. So it says he's waiting to see the Messiah born. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has revealed to him that he will see it. Now, notice this. Mm. Where is he showing up? Where is he? Simeon's at the temple. He's at the temple. Now, question. Yeah. If the Messiah was going to be a firstborn child, yeah. he was going to have to be dedicated where? At the temple. At the temple. <laughs> Where's he going to have to go to get purified? At the temple. To the temple. Yeah. So he's going to be circumcised. Then he's going to come to the thing. Like, if the Messiah is going to be born a Jewish male, this is going to happen. So where does he wait to see the Messiah? It seems that he's going every day. To the temple. temple. Isn't Mm. that fascinating? Mm. What else is interesting is that as he comes in, it says that when the parents brought the child Jesus to do these things, that Simeon took him up in his arms and he blessed God, and then he says something. You want to read that for us from verse 29 through 32? Yeah. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. Wow. Oh, so beautiful. Wow. Okay, so question. Okay. What, what kind of, what is the stuff that he's saying? What's he saying here about Jesus? Uh, he's saying a few things here. Um, but the very first thing he says is, according to your word. Ooh, okay. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Like it's <laughs> like, according to the word, according to the Bible that he knows, according to everything that he has been taught, um, in, in Hebrew scripture, this is according to the word. Like, so he's seen that this is coming to fruition. Like this is coming, this is happening. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Huh? Now, now we know, and we're going to look at this in a moment, but we know that scripture mm. has many, many, many hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his life, yes, including prophecies about his birth. For example, it was prophesied that he would be born in a city called Bethlehem, not just Bethlehem, because yeah. there were two cities of Bethlehem, but specifically yes. Bethlehem Ephrathah, yeah. the one that he's born in. We're also told a bunch of other things. He'll be born of the line of Judah. We're told that he'll be a son of Israel. We're told like there's lots of prophecies that were given. 
Now, if you were a student of Scripture, if you were really believing that God was going to bring the Messiah, then you would study these Scriptures looking for ways to understand how to know when he would arrive. We yeah. see in the, the, the prophet Daniel, in the book of Daniel, that he read these prophecies and he understood by the prophecies that certain things were supposed to take place because God revealed things. So he's waiting for the Messiah and he he's doing so according to the word. I was just going to say, Robbie, there's always clues, right? Totally. Like I love, I love, a, I love Cluedo. I love a scavenger hunt. <laughs> but there's always clues and all, you know, you... Your favorite Netflix show. I'm not going to plug Netflix. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you're like, hang on. I know something's happening. So uh, how am I going to figure out what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, this is, you be a student of scripture. Be the student of what you want. You, you, yeah. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. Now, we're going to have a look at a, one of those prophecies in a moment. Okay. But And, and we're going to do a shameless plug because we're not going to be able to go through it in incredible detail. But next week, yeah. there's going to be a free show that's happening called The One, and it's a three-night series mm. that's going to be airing on TheEnd.Digital. So if you go to TheEnd.Digital, search that online, you will find where you can see this. It's going to be playing on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash TheEnd.Digital. It's going to be playing on their YouTube channel, which is called TheEnd.Digital, and it plays on the 15th, 16th, and 17th of December. I believe it's at 6.30 p.m. from memory. I'll double-check that maybe in a moment. But it's going to be playing at the night, but it's going to be recorded so you can watch it anytime. Okay. And it's going to specifically go through the prophetic evidence that says Jesus is the one who was prophesied in the Bible. Oh, anyway, wow. sorry, that was a good long plug, but we I'm excited about it, and I hope you guys are too. You can check that so out. So it's called The One? The One. The One. And it's going to be at the Just remember The One, everybody. Digital. Okay. 15 to 17 of December. But okay. we're going to go through a little bit of detail, one of those prophecies in a moment. So okay. check this out. He says, according to the word of God. Right, mm. And then he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And what's amazing about that is what has he seen? He's seen what the Holy Spirit has shown him. That's right. Yeah. And it's literally Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who is the salvation of God? What is the salvation of God? It is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And he sees him, a baby yeah. who's approximately six weeks old, and he sees it. The Holy Spirit says, this is the one. Mm. Now, notice wow. this. Think about this. Here's Simeon. Yeah. He's not educated by the Pharisees. He's not taught by the rabbi schools. He's not a theologian by our standards. He's not a priest. He's not a pastor. He's not a church leader. Mm -hmm. Who is he? He's a man who studies God's word and who listens to the Holy Spirit and God speaks to him. And what does he do? He responds. Well. Okay. If God says in the word, the Messiah is going to be born around a certain time, and you know that he's going to be born around this time, yeah. how are you going to meet him? Well, you know that if he's going to be born, you can show up to the temple, temple. and that you're going to eventually yeah. see him. If you go visit all the babies that are dedicated, all the baby boys that are dedicated, you're going to find the Messiah, yeah. and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Yeah. Like This is powerful. Now, here's a question. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go, let me say that is question. <laughs> let's go to, go to Daniel chapter 9. And we're going to go back to Daniel chapter 9. So Daniel's in the Old Testament. It's after all of the big prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, then the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 is my personal most favorite prophecy in the whole of the Bible because it foretells the exact year 
that Jesus would begin his ministry anointed by the Holy Spirit. It tells us that would happen in 27 AD. You can do the maths. It's fantastic. It tells us the exact year that he would be crucified. It tells us the year that the gospel would go out from Jerusalem. It's incredible. If you want to learn more about that, yeah. next week, December 15, 16, and 17, 17. go to the end.digital and you'll find out all of the information the about one. that. Oof. Okay, so what this does, Daniel chapter 9, there was a prophecy and it says, uh, we don't we really don't have time to go through it, but I want you to... Uh, <laughs> it's like a whole... It, it, we really We need did a, a whole day to study. We did a whole yeah. day to study Daniel 9. But yeah. anyway, the, the, the interesting thing to note is, I'll just read this first part. Mm-hmm. Daniel is praying and he's asking God for information about this other prophecy he was given. And the angel Gabriel shows up how many times in the Bible? Four, Four times. times alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. He shows up in Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 9, and Luke chapter 1 twice to announce the birth of John the Baptist. Every time that the angel Gabriel comes, it has something to do with the ministry of Jesus. Mm. Now, check this out. It says that while Daniel was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom he had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached him about the time of the evening offering. And then he says, Oh, Daniel, I've now come forth to give you skill to understand he says, I'm going to explain to you this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he foretells the exact time period when Jesus would begin his ministry. Now, here's a question. Okay. If you know you're coming to the end of that, because it's easy to know historically when that time period is. The time period starts in 457 BC at the last decree for the Israelites to leave Babylon and go back to Israel. Mm-hmm. That might be a little unfamiliar to many of you. Maybe it's familiar, but check it out. You're going to, you can learn more about it next week at the end.digital. But the point is, the Bible predicted that in AD 27, Jesus would be anointed. Now, if Jesus is going to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and begin his ministry, he must therefore be old enough to do that. Yeah. So he's going to be a man. So if you know that, then as you get closer and closer to that time period, you know you should be expecting to see the Messiah yeah. born. <laughs> if he's going to begin his ministry in 27 AD and Jesus yeah. is born approximately 4 BC, here's Simeon. He's like, okay, it's about 30 years from now. I'm getting old. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to see him. I know that the Messiah should be born sometime soon because he's got to be a man when he begins his ministry. He's going to be born sometime soon. Mm. I better hang out at the temple and wait and wait and And wait wait. for the Messiah to be born because the Holy Spirit speaking to me says, I'm going to see him. But I'm getting old and I haven't seen him yet. Mm. All right, so check this out. We go back to... Luke it was chapter worth two. the wait, right? Oh. And I want you to think about this. Mm. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, because he said he would keep him alive until he saw the Messiah. He knew the timeline. He, he was waiting. He's looking. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. You've prepared before the face of not just the Jews, all peoples. Yeah. This message is for everyone. The salvation of Jesus is available to everyone who seeks it. His salvation is not just for people who are born of a certain, a certain bloodline. It's mm-hmm. to everyone who's willing to seek him, to repent, to believe. Now, That's check this amazing, out. That's amazing, Roby. That's for everyone. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so I feel like I'm talking a million times today. No, no, no. It's okay. But here's the point. This is what I wanted to come to. How come mm-hmm. the uneducated, not pastor, not priest, not Sadducee, not Pharisee. How come he is the one the Holy Spirit's speaking to and the priest comes in, dedicates the Messiah and says nothing Yeah, because the priest is doing his job, but he doesn't know 
because he's not searching like Simeon's searching. Yeah. And the point is, you do not have to be a priest or a pastor for the Spirit of God to speak to you and to reveal to you things that other people are missing because they're Amen. not paying attention. Yeah. Did you catch that? I hope you caught that. You don't have to be a pastor for God to speak to you. Mm. If you think that's the case, you are way off base. Yeah. This man was reading God's word, seeking for the Holy Spirit, and he was, he was responding in obedience. Yeah. He's looking for the fulfillment. That's why he's at the temple. Yeah. And who gets to receive this blessing? Simeon gets to receive this blessing. That's right, yeah. not the priest. Yeah. The priest, I mean, the priest circumcised <laughs> him. You know what I mean? Yes. And he didn't know. Where's the priest's blessing and saying, no, no look, no, God, it doesn't. It's Simeon. All right, now let's keep reading. Let's read 33 through 35. Okay. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Awesome. Okay, what's going on here? So he not only blesses and he, and he sees Jesus for who he is, this, this infant, this baby, but he also says, he gives the blessing, but he also says um, what is to happen, like what kind of life that he's going to live, what will happen to the people of Israel, and that Mary will also suffer as a, as a result. Like she will go through some pain as well. But that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's, he's, he's, yeah, he's prophesying. He's telling, he's telling them what this, the future of, of Jesus will be. That's exactly right. He's filled with the spirit of God and he's prophesying things that will take place in and through the life of Jesus. This is Crowder, All My Hope.
takes a man Break him down to his knees God, I've been broken more than a time or two Yes, Lord, then he picked me up And showed me what it means to be a man Come on and sing Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You are listening to Faith FM. And before we get into our last segment of our Bible study, we're going to do another shameless plug for question of the week because we would love to hear from you. So if you've got any questions about the Bible that you'd like to send in, there's still time. You can do so uh, by calling us in at 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And, and again, and one again. more time. Oh, one more time. 1-800-324-843, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text us on 0491-064-669. Awesome. So we'd love to hear from you, get some more questions. We've got, I think, some questions that come in already. So we're excited about those. We'll get to those after the next break. All right, so we're back in Luke chapter 2. We just were talking about how Simeon has not only blessed God, he's seen the fulfillment of what not only Scripture says, but the Holy Spirit indicated to him that he himself would see the Messiah in the flesh with his own eyes before he would die, which is amazing because he had read. He would have read. He had access to the Scriptures, and he had studied, and he knew that it was about the time. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit promised, you will see him. And I love, so what does he do? He goes to the, goes temple. To the temple. Where are you going to see him? That's the most yeah. likely place. And he puts himself in the best yeah. position to see God fulfill his promise. Mm. That's good wisdom for us. Yes. When God says he's going to do something, trust him and walk in the way that he calls us to walk. Okay. So then he goes on and he he makes a prophecy and he says some things to Mary and Joseph that are pretty full on. Hey. Yeah. So Mary's just like marveling. It says she's astonished at what's going on here. And then he blesses them, and he says this prophecy, and he says, hey, look, this child, he is destined for the fall and the rise of many, many people in Israel. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So, yeah, like right well, here. Oh, you got you looked like you were about to say something. Go no, for no, no. it. <laughs> um, yeah, for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. Um Nope, I wasn't going to add anything, but thanks. Oh, okay, I thought, I thought you were going to say something. Okay, so Jesus was responsible for the fall and the rising of many people. Yeah. There were people who saw what Jesus was, 
who who were impressed by the Holy Spirit, but they said, "No, nah, I don't. I don't want to accept that. I want to keep going and believe in what I want to believe and do what I want to do." And rejected him. Yeah. But there were many who fell on Jesus and then were able to rise. And and I mean, it's, it's interesting. Jesus is talked about as the chief cornerstone. It says. There, you you got two options. You can either fall on the rock and be broken, the rock being, being Jesus, Jesus yeah. or yeah. be crushed under the weight of the rock. Right, like so. Mm. Th- either way, there's brokenness. Yeah, <laughs> but it's whether we take our brokenness to Jesus and allow Him to put us back together, mm. or whether we hold on and it doesn't help us. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, and so He makes this prophecy and He says to Mary, "Hey, a sword is going to pierce your own heart, also." In other words. This is not going to go the way that you always thought it was going to go, Mary. Your son is going to go through some heinous things. And here he's really prophesying about the cross yeah. and how Jesus is going to be put through this ordeal and how it's going to just, it's going to be hard for her. This is her son. This is her baby. This is, yeah. just imagine. And she's, yeah, it's her first firstborn. She's holding a brand new baby. And for someone to say that to her would be, you know, like, no way. This Like, I, I love my son. And she knew that he was the Messiah, but she she wanted, you know, all the love that she could give to him. She wanted good things. Yeah. Yeah. Like every parent. Like every parent. Wow. Awesome. And then it's interesting. It says that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And what's interesting is when you see Jesus on the cross, Yeah. and I stole this idea, like I didn't come up with this myself, but it's just so <laughs> profound. no copyright it's on worth, the gospel. That's good. right. No copyright on the gospel. That's it. When Jesus is on the cross, the heart of God is revealed. Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus is on the cross, the heart of the devil is revealed. When Jesus is on the cross, the people who respond by saying either crucify him or by coming and surrendering at his feet and believing, mm. their hearts are revealed. At the cross, we see everything truly in the light that, yeah. it, is, it, that it is. Yeah. Um, you've got the devil and his fallen angels like leading people to say, crucify him, crucify him. And we see the love of God on full display, willing to humbly surrender and submit for the sake of lost, broken people. It's beautiful. It's, it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I don't even have words. It's amazing. I'm just, I'm just listening. You're, you're doing All a very right. good job, Robbie. So, so let's finish off. Let's read verse 36 through 38. And these are our last three verses, and we'll keep commenting and and going through it. So. Okay. So now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Oh, I love this. Okay. So can you imagine this happening in the temple? Like some poor folks come in and their baby gets dedicated. This is pretty standard procedure. This happens probably every day. Yeah. Uh, or just about every day. I mean, babies are born all the time. Yeah. And so this happens, gets dedicated, purification takes place, blah, blah, blah. Here comes Simeon in the middle of the temple. Here's the dude who comes to the temple every day probably. And he comes in and he's like, oh, and he starts prophesying about this baby and yeah. saying some pretty full-on things like this is the Messiah. I think it's easy to imagine if people knew that the Holy Spirit had told them this, that they can write this story down. He probably told people that the Holy Spirit had spoken to him that he was going to see the Messiah. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so people are listening, I imagine. People were listening. I'm, I'm just wondering how many people would have thought he was... Lunatic? Yeah, crazy. Probably a lot. Probably f- 
a few. But that's the thing. Like, if if they were reading God's word, if they were like really studying scripture, then they would have been anticipating it as well. That's right. But they weren't. And so, notice who comes. So here yeah. comes Simeon. He's responding. But notice the first person that comes and responds because yeah. he's speaking out loud. It doesn't sound yeah. like it's a quiet secret. The first person that comes is not the priests again. And, and the point here is your position of authority does not necessarily qualify you for the position of authority. You might be given a role, but that doesn't mean that you have that you, that you're you're doing the things that are required of that role. Yeah, like you might be given the title, but you're not actually Boom. fulfilling. Yeah, right. Like yeah. here's a man who's actually listening to and seeking for God, and God is answering him. But you've got somebody in the position who's supposed to be that guy, yeah. the priests, and they're not doing that, and they're not they're receiving be found. Yeah. the Holy Spirit's indication that this is the Messiah. They should have been looking. Mm. They should have been praying. This is such a. I'm so convicted by this. I'm like, man, I'm the church pastor. Am I doing this? Yeah. Not anywhere near enough. Not anywhere near enough. Yeah. And when we read this, it's Anna, this woman. Now remember, in their context, women were not looked upon as highly as men. So this is saying something. The men are missing the point. Simeon's an exception. Yeah. But when Anna hears the word, I imagine that she's heard Simeon, Simeon talk about this. It says that she spends how much of her time in the temple? 84 years. Right? Okay, so she was a virgin until she got married. She was married for seven years. Her husband died. She's been a widow for 84 years. So let's say she got married at 14, for example. Then she's 21 when he dies. Add 84 to that. That's 105. That's right. She's 105. We don't know how old she is, but if you do the math, that's a, that's a, she's old. old. She's an old woman. Yeah. And she has spent 84 years of her life serving God with fastings and prayer. It says, who did not depart from the temple. In other words, she's coming to the temple. All the time. Yeah. All the time. She she basically she lives, lives there. at the temple. Okay. Yeah. So she's at the temple. She's praying. She's fasting. Nighttime. Daytime. And notice this woman who's seeking for God, who's seeking to minister to people, who's seeking to be a blessing. She's been a widow for eighty four years doing this. This is her life. In that instant, she gives thanks to the Lord, and then she speaks of him to everyone who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So what's her response when she hears the news, Messiah is born. This is the Messiah. Simeon's just been inspired she's by the Holy Spirit. She's her first evangelist. I she's think. an evangelist. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with that word, that means she's declaring the good news of Jesus to yeah. everyone around her. This is before the cross. This is, this is before his ministry. Yeah. She's just like, Messiah's born. This He's before, here. Yeah. Pay attention. Are you looking for redemption? Are you looking for for consolation of the challenges that you're facing? Yeah, it's here. It's here. God is with us, which is Emmanuel. I mean, that's that's I mean, what the word means. That's what the word means that He is with us. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, so amazing. Oh, so one of the things that sticks out to me over and over in this story is yeah, you don't have to be a position of privilege or power to hear from God. All you have to do is be willing to seek for him, and he yeah. will reveal himself to you. Simeon is proof of that. Mm. Anna is proof of that. They sought for God, and God spoke to them, and their response was to proclaim it to the world. This is Ryan Proudfoot. I need Jesus. In this world there is trouble. But you bring peace I find it on my face Yeah, on my knees 
In my darkest of hours, I will call your name. When I'm weary and broken, in my weakness I will pray. I need Jesus. I need real love. I don't need another fancy thing. What I need is you. The tallest of mountains in the highest place on my greatest of days, yeah. Oh, it's all grace. When my joy is overwhelming, still I call your name, staying desperate for you, Lord. I will sing it out again. I need Jesus. Someone else 
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. I can't get over that groove. I love it every time it plays. I like it. Awesome. So we're super stoked to uh, come in and deal with some questions and try and answer some questions that have come in for us today. We've got a couple of questions on the line today. And the first question is coming from Mick. And the question is, what did Jesus mean in Matthew chapter 10? especially the last verses. And that's a pretty bo- a broad question, Mick, so hopefully we answer kind of what you're, what you're aiming for. Yeah. Um, but in Matthew chapter 10, there's a number of things that take place. Matthew chapter 10 records the calling of the 12 disciples. Let me just get there on my Bible. So Matthew chapter 10, the 12 disciples are chosen. It says that Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease, then it names them. And then he actually sends them out on a missionary journey, and they go out and they do awesome stuff in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit works powerfully. Um, he says that all this stuff is going to happen. And then he he continues to teach. As we get down towards the end, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure which section you're asking about, so we'll try and just briefly cover a few of these things. In verse, do you want to read verse 32 and 33 for us, Tash? Yep, in Matthew sure chapter 10? So, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Awesome. So, basically, case in point, yep. Jesus is saying, hey, look, if you want me to acknowledge you and defend you before heaven, you must be willing to be thrown in with me. Yeah. Right, you need to be willing to acknowledge, yeah, I belong to Jesus. Yeah, that's a pretty simple part. That's probably not what you were asking about. I assume maybe it was, um, but then it goes on to something that's probably a little bit more confusing. 
And it says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, this is really interesting. Mm. Why would Jesus say that? Like, we think of Jesus, he's called the Prince of Peace, etc. He continues to say, 35, for I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. And then he says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Question, is Jesus saying that his intention is to be aggressive and to create conflict? No. He's not, he's not, yeah, he's not here to be aggressive or create conflict. We have to read it in, in, um, in context with 32 and 33, because if we're, not acknowledging Jesus and we're not saying that we're part of what he wants to do, then we are, then he has to cut us off Mm. because if we're not for him, then we're against him. Yeah. And so that's why he, he then goes on to say, um, I will bring, instead of bringing peace, I'll bring a sword because, um, when, yeah, when you're, when you're against Jesus, it means you're not standing for what's right and what's true. Mm. And so it means you're standing for your own, your own agenda. And the only way, um, and you're standing for your own agenda is, is a prideful, selfish thing. And so the only way that, that Jesus could see for you to, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is right, but it's to, yeah, <laughs> because a sword is not specifically a, a physical sword as we know it, but it could be. The sword, which is his truth, the sword, which is his word. Yep. Yep. So those, yeah. And I think the other thing is, just because conflict comes doesn't mean it was God's intention. Yes. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So if you follow Jesus, and I mean, there are going to be times where you have to choose Jesus over other people. Yeah. You have to choose to be faithful to Jesus over doing what your father wants or over what your mother wants or over what your spouse wants or over what your child wants if those things are in conflict with Jesus. That's bound to come up. There are times where you must choose who you're going to serve, God or Or, someone else. And we see that in the story of Adam and Eve. Adam chooses Eve over God, Mm -hmm. which totally shows that he doesn't trust that God's going to do it, like sort it out. Anyway, interesting point. But then he goes on and talks about one more part. We're going to rush through this. He says, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. And then he goes through a list. He says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. He receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives a cu- gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. And I think in summary, if you are listening to a prophet and you receive him, and you put into practice what he's saying, you're going to receive the blessing of the prophet's message. Yeah. If you're listening to the advice of a righteous man and put it into practice, you're going to receive the reward of listening to a righteous person, like the blessing that comes out of responding to that. And then also he says, if you are generous to the followers of God, God will bless you will for bless that you generosity. Well. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, we have one other question. We don't have a lot of time, but we're going to try and race through it. So thank you for that question, Mick. We hope that's helpful to you. If yeah, not, text helpful. in with a bit more detail maybe, and we'll, we'll see if we can yeah. address it if we didn't um, on another show. Maybe next week we can do that. The next question comes in from Greg. Thank you, Greg, for your question as well. And the question says, when Jesus called the original 12 apostles to follow him, 
Why did he call Judas? Fair question. Knowing that Judas would not be faithful to him in the end. And does this mean that Judas was initially saved and then lost his salvation when he committed suicide? So a couple questions there. Yeah. Why did Jesus choose Judas? Now, here's an interesting thought that just came to me. If Jesus had chosen not to choose Judas because he knew that he would betray him in the end, then he never would have given him a chance to prove otherwise. Oh my gosh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Like, so yeah. he chooses Judas. That's true. And Judas has the opportunity to either choose to be faithful or to choose to be unfaithful. Yeah. The fact that God knows something in, because he's outside of time and experiences things differently than perhaps we do is not is is not indicating that he directly chose this. For example, Jesus is a part of the creative process. Psalm 139 says that he develops us in the womb. However, the reality is there's a sperm and there's an egg and there's genetic makeup in both mm-hmm. of those. But my decisions are not determined by those genetic triggers. They influence, right? They Epigenetics influences that. There is predisposition. That. But my dad was an alcoholic. My dad was, uh, you know, had issues with substance abuse. Yeah. I have those triggers turned on because that was that was a part of his life before I was born and, and perhaps after for time as well. Um, this influences me. I have addictive tendencies. The last time I had alcohol, I was 17 years old. And the last time that I drank, I could not walk past the fridge where the beers were yeah. without having cravings. Right for a month, I had half a beer the last time I drank. Right, and so th- if you think about that, the, um, I'm not condoning that, by the way. the The point is that did not decide it, but it influenced it. Mm-hmm. And so, th- in the same way, oh, we're running out of time. I really want to answer this question, but anyway, the short version. We'll try and answer a little bit more when we come back. But the short answer is: what God foreknows is not the same as what God forechose. And we'll talk about that a little bit more after the break. This is. Selah, standing on the promises.
Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You are listening to Faith FM Radio, and we're so pleased that you are. Um, so we've come to the end of our show. We've got just a few minutes left, but I just wanted to go back to finish off Greg's question with a little bit more. I know, that was I a, ran out of time. Like... But um, yeah, thank you for your question, Greg. So so the, so where we left off was when, when God chooses, when Jesus chooses Judas, even though he knows all things, um, and by the way, Jesus knew all things by the power of the Holy Spirit because he was living as a human being. Um, he'd emptied himself as his, of his divine privileges. The, the reality is that if he had not chosen Judas, he would have neglected giving Judas the opportunity to demonstrate choice. That's predetermined, not giving him the opportunity to choose. Yeah. And the difference between God foreknowing, so, sorry, between what God foreknows and what God forechose, yeah. I think is significant for us. Um, hopefully that's helpful. Uh, we don't have too much time to give to that at the moment, sorry, but hopefully that's helpful to get you started. Second part of the question was, does this mean that Judas was initially saved and then lost his salvation when he committed suicide? And I think what's interesting there is that um, in the Bible, it, it's Paul makes it very clear, and I, I don't remember where the verse is offhand, maybe God will remind me, um, but he says that if those who have already accepted salvation choose to walk away, how can they then be saved? Ezekiel chapter 18 talks about how if the righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, then he will die for his sin. But if the wicked man changes his mind, he repents from his evil, then he shall live. He shall turn and live. And then God says, turn and live. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And what's interesting there is that the point is you can choose to be saved today but you can then also choose later to reject Jesus and to walk away. Mm-hmm. You can you can choose. You're like, when, what's amazing about that is that God has given us the freedom to walk with Him, but He's also given us the freedom to opt out at any point in time if we choose. You know, I've changed my mind. I don't want you, God. So we can be walking in a saving relationship with Jesus today. But tomorrow, if we decide I don't want to do that anymore, God God is not like sealed to the deal, locked on us. You're not allowed to make that choice. And I think that's actually really beautiful because wow. what both of these things identify is the power of human choice, and that's a gift of grace. You might call that prevenient grace, grace that's given before before you receive actual grace over sin. You're given the prevenient grace, the grace to even choose whether you will receive it or not. Anyway, that's a big theological word. Hopefully that's helpful and not confusing. But uh, we pray that that will bless you. But let's get to some application Uh, So where the rubber hits the road with what we've studied today in Luke. Mm. So one thing that sticks out to me is is something that I find incredibly encouraging. And we've said it a few times, but it's so encouraging to me. You do not, God doesn't just choose people and put them in positions of authority and then they're automatically the ones who have access to God. God is open to all who would seek him. He says, I will let you find me when you seek for me with your whole heart, Jeremiah 29, 13. If you seek for me with your whole heart, I will let you find me. Simeon was searching with his whole heart. He was searching the word God revealed to him when Messiah would come, and he was waiting. The Holy Spirit spoke to him, said, you're, you're going to live. So we too do not have to be a pastor or a priest or a Sadducee, a Pharisee, a theologian. 
to seek for Jesus and to hear from him. You can search the word of God for yourself. The Holy Spirit can be given to you just as it can be given to everybody. You have equal opportunity to have access to God just as anybody else. And that's beautiful because God does not discriminate based on education, Mm -hmm. but he is willing to give himself to all. And in fact, it's often the uneducated who are humble enough to hear his voice, where so often those of us who are educated, we get caught up with ourselves and lose track. So may that be an encouragement to you. Any thoughts, Tash, on what we can apply out of this story I today? Just, uh, I just want to second everything that you said, but I want to add... Um, nothing wrong with education, by no, the no, way. No, 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 there's nothing wrong with humble. education. Just be, but be humble. Stay humble, guys. Stay humble out there. Um, just about how old they were. Um, he waited most of his life... To see Jesus, she was there. She was 105, I think that's the calculation we made. And roughly, could have been roughly, older. It could have been, could even have been older. younger too. But yeah, could have been younger as well. But um, doesn't matter how old you are. You think I've just found Jesus. What have I got to give? You know, I'm 35. I'm 55. I'm 70. But we all have something to give to Jesus. And you know, um, they were waiting there in the temple. Um, Simeon knew, but Anna was waiting in there in the temple. And so, yeah, we're. Wherever you find Jesus, um, know that He still has something in in your life that He wants to do. Um, he wants to journey with you, even if it's you know you only got the it's the last year of your life, or um, you know you've got a terminal illness or something. You're just coming and you're just meeting Jesus. That He will walk with you, and yeah. He will He will yeah. utilize your testimony, oh. your proclamation, what you give yeah. to Jesus. He will return back into the kingdom tenfold, a hundredfold. Oh. So yeah. surrender that to Jesus. That's a beautiful point. Yeah. Um, man, such a cool passage of Scripture. Another point really is. is that even if you are poor, God does not discriminate. Mm. Even if you are rich, God does not discriminate. The point is, seek for Jesus now while he may be found. I want to do just a shameless plug um, for our local church. If you are in the Lake Macquarie area and you are looking for a church you would like to study the Bible, I'd love to study with you, and we'd love to invite you to Coast Life Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. at the Swansea Library. We'd love to have you. And uh, may God bless you guys. Enjoy. And remember that real faith is lived faith. Yes.